Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens and he's Dave Mulvaney and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Matt, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm feeling pretty optimistic. I'm feeling good. I know we got a lot of little crisis going on. I know we got some Corona stuff going on, COVID-19, whatever the official name is now. I think um, it's called the Chinese virus. Chinese virus. I've heard that too. I've heard the Wuhan virus, by Wuhan the way. Wuhan virus. I've heard that um, Yes, if you watch this show, Matt and I are not politically correct and we don't claim to be. So No, no. So, thought we'd call this is episode number 64, How to Turn Crisis into Opportunity, or Turn Crisis into Opportunity, right? Yeah, because right now, um, I think there's, well, let's see, you, you're in, you see the stock market. I'm sure you have a screen on in your television, in your, television on in your room right there um, that is all you know, a little bit of uh, doom and gloom when it comes to the markets. And we, we, that's why we want to talk about it, how to turn crisis into opportunity. It's yeah. And this would be, let's talk about the big picture. And, and so a big picture wise would be, this is a short term blip on the radar, right? I don't know how long. I don't know if this is one month, three months, six months. I don't know how long. What I do know is this too shall pass, right? Number one, we know this is going to be over at some point, right? And so knowing that as a starting point, let's, let's quit getting focused on, you know, how bad or how low it's going to go because we know it's going to be over at some point. Right. And so I talk about that on investment wise. I talk about that in business wise, but it's no matter what it is, we know worst case scenario. Let's, anyway, no matter what happens to your business now, we know whenever this is over, your business will be going back. It'll be going back up, get back yeah. to normal. Maybe, maybe not. Some people will be above normal. Some people have a lag, but it'll go back up. So, right? so land the plane. I mean, if you're in a plane and you're low on fuel, you better just put it down. And we're going to have to wait. I mean, we do. We, there is this wait and see type thing, um, which is an option, but it's not a very good one. Um, if you're going to wait. Yeah, well, we're going to come into that. So we said, how are there three ways to respond, right? So we were saying outlining the three ways. You can be like fear and panic. You know, that's your, that's your strategy, fear and panic. I'm just going to be fear and panic. I'm going to watch the news and read all these bad, terrible articles and kind of send myself into a tizzy. All right. All right. So when we talk fear and panic, um, you just went off right before the show. You told me, okay, Matt, who's pulling out of the market right now? Are there individual investors pulling out of the market? Who's pulling out of the market and causing all this crash? Let's start right. there. Yeah. So I was actually reading last night. It's not the individual investor. It's not you and me. It's not my clients. It's not high worth, uh, high net worth business owners. It's actually the institutions and the hedge fund traders and the high frequency traders, the quote unquote professionals are the ones that are doing, that are freaking out, which so I they're find panicking. they're panicking. Okay. I All find right. that amazing. I actually just talked to somebody on the credit market too. So bond people are selling really good bonds for 80 cents on the dollar. So that's an option, okay? If you, if you wanna be living in fear and you wanna be panicking, what we recommend you do is just watch, um, pick one, you could watch CNN, you could watch Fox, you could watch, pick whatever you, you choose and just watch the news all the time. If, if this is the one you're choosing, that's the place. And this is right, so like I, my mother literally asked me yesterday, should I need to go to the bank and get a bunch of money out in cash? And, and this is not 2008 where we were afraid that the banks were going out of business. That's, what, that's the difference. This is not 2008 where we were thinking, is the bank even going to be around next week? That is not what this is. This is a specific event, the coronavirus, that is causing this event. When it passes, we'll go back to normal, right? It is not a, 
oh my God, the world's coming to an end. I don't even know if the banking system's ever going to work. So I told my mother, you don't need to get cash out of the bank and hide it under your mattress. That's not a good strategy. The fear is not, fear is not a good strategy. They talk about that for investments. Panic is not a good investment strategy either. No, not but Procter & Gamble is probably selling a lot of toilet paper right now. So there are, there are companies. Somebody's that are, making money. That's right. My Amazon bill is going through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So number two, you could say you could be unfocused and kind of have an unfocused denial, do nothing, almost uh, paralysis analysis, or really not even doing anything. Let's just say you're kind of just not doing anything. I'd like right? to call that the employee mentality. So there's okay. a lot of employees who are going home. Um, from work, uh, they might work for a school or, or what have you, and they're, they're home and, and they're going to get paid anyway. So they're kind of in this denial. And if you're a CEO, this is not the place to be, but um, where you just, are, you know, this is all going to be fine. Um, and so you're not going to make any changes. Um, that's probably not the place to be is in this denial or, or um, yeah, it's kind of like your head's in the sand, you yeah. know, um, you know, that, that's what I would say. It's the head in the sand philosophy. Like, oh, nothing to see here. Keep moving, keep moving, right? That's how it is. And then the third one is what we'd call, you know, strategy focused or growth focused or opportunity focused. We're calling this thing, turn crisis into opportunities. So, so opportunity focused, focus on what opportunities there are that are out there. And so we thought we'd go through some examples. So you were talking before we came online would be, Dave, if you were a restaurant owner, what are some things that you might be doing right now? Well, uh, first of all, as a, think about this. If you own a restaurant, um, where, where are 90% of your customers right now? They're home. They're, they're stuck at home. They're, they're, they're on home. Facebook. So this would be a great time to be running direct res response campaigns to your local uh, people yep. and, and, you, and help them to sign up for a monthly membership. Hell, uh, I'm going to say weekly. I'm going to say weekly. It, that's fine. Weekly but you have to give something in return. So you're letting them know. So people love to be part of a cause. If, yep. if we don't have some kind of income during this crisis, we're going to be out of business. However, here's the deal. We have carry out meals. So we'll give you two for one on it or, and we'll give you free delivery or whatever you come right. up with. Whatever you do. And, and you can, you can, you know, do uh, $14.99 a week. And, um, and all we need is, let's just say we need 150 people to sign up for this. First 150, you get free delivery and you get, um, you know, an extra, and two meals for the price of one or a, a family meal, however you want to structure it. And right. what you're going to do is you'd, you'd have this consistent income before your doors are even open, you're still cooking food. And as long yeah. as you can get food and, and as long as you can deliver that food, then you can still operate your business. And, and let's face it, if you're the owner, you might be the only one cooking the food and delivering the food. Your wife's delivering your... That's, that's possible, but you could do that for 150 people. Right. Well, exactly right. And, and so this goes back to the importance of, of knowing your target audience. This would have been great to already have some sort of re rewards program going because I would have all my customers' emails and I could go directly to them as opposed to running Facebook ads. But Facebook ads are great. Uh, even postcard ads would be great. Work in the neighborhood. Because here's what we know. People are going to be stuck in their houses. Apparently from everything I'm reading, we're gonna have food, right? Grocery stores, the run happened, but everything's fine. And we, we got plenty of food. That's what I'm hearing, we got plenty of food. Toilet paper will be back on in a couple of weeks, but we got plenty of toilet paper too, by the way. It's coming back. 
But you know, they're going to get stir crazy and tired of mom's cooking. They're going to want some sort of meal. I was on a podcast uh, earlier yesterday and, you know, one of the strategies was supporting, I'm going to support my local restaurant and I'm buying a meal a week and they deliver it and they put it on the front porch and I don't have to touch them. I don't have to see them. They ring the doorbell. I got a little ring thing on there. I'm good to go. I also, myself, I do this dinnerly thing, which is one of those, you know, blue apron where they deliver the food. So I'm actually doubling that as, as, a, as a thing. Um, so if you're a restaurant, it'd be great to go directly to your consumers you've had in the past, work a neighborhood, do a Facebook ad and offer them some sort of help support your local restaurants. Yeah, and this is a time when, when you're, um, I don't want to, I don't want to say you're, um, uh, your goal is, is to, um, number one, not branding. <laughs> you don't have time. Like, you know who's right. not running out of uh, out of product at this time? It, it kills me. Um, you go into all the stores. Doesn't matter where you go. Walmart, the grocery store. Doesn't matter. Budweiser products are everywhere. Okay. <laughs> Why? Because they've been branding for a hundred years. You know, right. but you don't have a hundred years to be putting your brand out there. This is what you need: direct response marketing. And right now, you have to be profitable enough to uh, pay your and your spouses and your, and maybe even some employees, their bills and, um, and be there when this thing is done, because then you're going to have this giant growth period uh, because a lot of your competition is going to be gone. So if, if, if you strategize now, you can really grow your business. Um, but the strategy has to be um, direct response. You've got to get people who are got to get right to the end users, right? So let's do another example. I was uh, uh, working with a gym owner, a gym owner is a pretty big gym, one of those, those big fitness centers kind of things. And so we were strategizing about gym owners. And, and so you got to shut down, we got to wipe everything down, all that type stuff. And the CDC says no more than 50 people at a time and yada, yada, yada. We were strategizing with them. We, we know the customers, we know the end users. Could we offer select workouts, you know, sign up. You can have the whole place to yourself for an hour. You can have the whole place to yourself for 30 minutes. We could get, you know, five people in a room, 10 people in, cause it's a pretty big facility, right? Whatever a number that might be acceptable socially that says, okay, five of you guys could come in here and work out from three to three 30. Then we have a sign up sheet. And now we got people coming to work out J just as an example, right? Or you could, you could have, uh, um, Parking lot Tuesdays, you could have, you can put it, take, so you're not indoors. And so people can get the distance and you do your exercise in the parking lot. And if you bring a friend, we'll add, you know, two months to the end of your membership and, and et cetera. But you can take some of your indoor activities and bring them outside. And, um, you know, you can't do that maybe if you're in Minneapolis, but um, in a really cold area, maybe you can, I, you know, but um, that being said, there are ways around this. My fitness club, uh, Ponte Vedra uh, Lodging Club, um, their gym is closed, uh, their right. pool area is closed, but they're doing beach fitness. Oh, okay. At least until St. John's County closes the beaches. So, um, and that can happen. Um, they've been talking about it, but, but this is spring break, so they haven't closed the beaches yet. Right. Uh, but there's been a lot on the news about that because spring breakers don't care. My daughter's down in Miami for spring break. Great, you know. Just don't come home. That's what I told her. Just don't come home for 14 days. Um, but that being said, there are options. You don't have to give up and throw in the towel. You don't have, I mean, you, you don't have to panic um, because this is going to happen whether you panic or not. Whether you happen, and that, that's the point that I was trying to make when we first start out here is, is control what you can control. This is going to happen whether you 
no matter what you do, no matter how you worry a lot or a little, it's still going to happen. It's still going to happen. I was talking with another one, auto repair, auto repair guy. As long as his mechanics stay healthy, we can still do some work around here. And that's, you know, there's only a handful of them in there. There's not 50 people in an auto repair shop. But could you, let's reach out to our customers. You want to do some auto repair. You're kind of stuck at home. Come drop the car off. We'll take care of it. Hey, we can pick it up. Could right? you do mobile service right now? Could you offer things that might help? Like, um, could you offer discounts to um, the seniors who are actually stuck? A lot of them are stuck. You could say, hey, look, here's what we'll do. We'll come pick up your car um, and, you know, we'll service your car. We'll bring it back. We'll go through it with a fine tooth comb, you know, clean we'll it. Take it, to the, take it to the car wash. Like we got these little car washes right here and, you know, you take it and you do your mechanical work and then you just run it to the car wash because it's going to be empty right now. And that's whatever, five bucks, eight bucks, whatever that car wash is. It's these electric car washes now. And that's what you're adding to it, right? So the other thing I was talking about was adding goodwill. So you want to be the bearer of good news, right? So you and I were talking, I sent you a couple articles last night where I'm looking for good news that I can send to my clients and my friends and, and prospects that it's like, gosh, all we hear on the news is the negative stuff. But what is some of the good news out there? You could be just building goodwill, right? So you could even do that. You could even have your kids deliver groceries for some of your clients' grandparents or whatever, right? I mean, I'm just making that up. But you could, what's some good deeds that you can do just to build goodwill, right? Doesn't build any profit for you, but it builds your reputation and has positive effects when we do. Hey, I remember Dave and, and he, you know, he took some food to my grandmother or my mother and, or he had his daughter run some, you know, whatever. You could build some goodwill by just being a bearer of good news and by, I don't know, thinking of something outside the box that had nothing to do with your business. I think what's most important about strategy in a time like this is it, we shouldn't be saying in a time like this because the reality is um, your business, there's, there's thousands of people who do every type of position or job or industry or market that you're, there's all these different people who do the same thing. Okay. What is the one thing that is unique is you. And so, um, you know, there's some people who make millions doing what you do and some people who hardly get by doing what you do. So you're the unique thing. So when, when you're in an industry, you got to ask yourself, what can I do to serve my fellow man in a time like this? And, and, and at the same time, serve them with my product as well. There's a lot of people who, who own service stations. They, they fix cars. But if you offer whatever, like, like Matt said, car washes for people's elderly people's cars or, um, you know, or, or on-site service or different things, that's you. That's where you in, in basically introduce your personality into your business. And ultimately, it's your personalities why people buy from you in the first place. Exactly right. So any of those, you know, let's call them non-business related things will build goodwill and, and, and build your reputation. I was talking to one of my other dentists uh, this morning. And so how to differentiate there, we were talking about maybe dividing into two different teams. So you have these teams of three people at a time. So we're trying to keep under the number and nobody waits in the waiting room. You wait in your car and we'll come get you or we'll text you. So now you don't wait in the waiting room of the dental office. You go right to your chair. We got my little team. We do our stuff. They're only supposed to be doing emergency stuff right now anyway. So, but you can handle it where we're going to keep you as safe and clean as we possibly can. Because by the way, dentists are like, 
medical profession. So they've been dealing with other viruses and diseases forever. So they know how to keep things clean. And we're not talking the normal cleaning. We're talking about if you have an emergency, but we're going to make sure you don't have to wait in a waiting room. Right. So you could do something like that. Um, chiropractor, the same kind of deal. You could have it where it's, you know, almost like a solo appointment just to keep your doors kind of going. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I mean, you're, what you, what you're doing is you're strategizing and I'm going to use the real estate market. Uh, I brought this up before the call. Um, some of the wealthiest individuals in real estate right now in uh, here we are 2020, they were, they were like in the downward spiral of 2006, 2007 and 2008 and 2009. That was the downward real estate, real estate spiral. And a lot of them, um, and I know multiple people that went bankrupt in the real estate market during that period of time, but by 2009, okay, they took a hit. They went, they went broke. But by 2009, they were buying again. They were, they, you know, I'm not saying you're going to go bankrupt. I don't want to plant that seed at all. But regardless of what happens, it's going to happen. Not, I'm not saying you're going to, we don't know what this is. But you want to be in a position mentally where you're saying, whenever I come out of this, this is my strategy going forward. You got to have an acquisition strategy. And so I think of like progress residential, nobody heard of them before prior to 2009. And now they're one of the largest uh, uh, single family real estate uh, landlords in the country because why they went to all the banks and they, they raised a bunch of capital and they convinced those banks to turn over massive amounts of properties at a heavy discount. And they, they, they positioned themselves in such a, it's, they had a strategy. In the worst time, they were creating strategies instead of panic or denial or exactly lack of right. Exactly right. So I was talking to another one of my guys. Uh, I don't know if this was this morning or yesterday. And so there is a reality part of this, right? Which is, you know, do I need to cut my staff? Do I need to change the way I do things? How long can I make it and carry it? So again, we go back and say, well, how long is this going to last? Let's be realistic. Is it one month, three months? four months. I don't know, but let's, we need to at least run some numbers, right? Or different scenarios. I talked to a guy this morning who's a CFO of a company and he said, look, I've already run the analysis that says if this is a one month, three month, four month, six months, I ran all that analysis that says, here's how much, and here's when we would have to start letting people go. You need to do that. That's the hard reality. You need to do that in advance. So you know how long your cash flow can last, right? So there is a it's a responsible thing to do for you and your family to take care of yourselves and how long I want to keep all my employees, but how long can I do that? And government programs are coming out all the time, right? Um, they passed something earlier. They're getting ready to pass something hopefully by Friday. I don't know what the end results are going to be, but the reality of it is you need to, don't put your head in the sand. You need to run those scenarios. So I got a question for you since you're in the financial world. I'm trying to think of who said it. Was it Warren Buffett who said, if you have to cut, cut once, cut deep because if you're going to have to cut staff understand that when you make that first cut um you want to you don't want to have to make another one you want to you want to plan for a scenario that the next one is going to be a ways out right i I know that sounds harsh but the reality is no it's a great point what what happened during the last recession to my business owners is they fired too slowly they actually got rid of people too slowly because hey it's going to turn around any moment it's going to turn around any moment right now the lesson would be, if not fire, but furlough. Because again, I think this is a short time period. If you, whatever you're doing, it may not happen for a month or two or three months, but then as soon as it's over, you're ready to go. So, so 
you want to fire, you want to furlough. So I was talking to another business owner this morning. He's talking about, hey, I've been meaning to cut some people back anyway. This is just the excuse to kind of cut out some of the fat, right? And it's, I probably should have done it earlier. I probably should have done it six months ago. I've known I should have done it, but I just haven't. So we're going to take care of that first. Then we're going to, you know. This is a good time. Yeah, Ted's a jerk. Get rid of, get rid of Ted now. But, but my point is he's going through the motions. We're not burying our head in the sand. We're not, you know, we're running through our little scenarios of what does it look like for you to survive? Because you got to survive in order to hire those people back when it does turn around. It does nobody any good if your business goes out of business during this time. Because then you can't help anybody. Right. right. And, and, and that's the, you got to understand if you're in business now, your competitors, you, you got to think that some of your competitors are not going to be there when this, when all the dust settles. And if they're not market share, you've got to make, you've got to be in marketing so that those customers that were being serviced by them know that you exist. Because right. part of that means you're going to really grow after, cause you're going to pick up. I hate to say it. I mean, but it, but there's people who are not going to make it through this. And financially, when I say people, companies are not going to make it through this financially. That means there's going to be customers out there not being serviced. So I had the question this morning, right? Gosh, I've had a lot of conversations the last two days. Sorry about that. We uh, all have, haven't we? <laughs> Should I cut back on marketing? And you and I talked a little bit about this online. And the answer is, so the answer is no. However, we're not doing any branding marketing. Correct. XYZ you know, whatever your business is. No, it is running an ad, running a special. We're, we're doing direct response. So you're a copywriter. That's the money you, you spend. You don't spend it on some random ad that says, oh, we're great. Uh, we're the XYZ real estate team. We'll help you sell your house. No, it's we'll sell your house in 30 days or, or, or you know, or no commission. It's direct response. Hey, things, five things you should know to maximize the value of your business, right? Those are the marketing we do. Copywriters, that's where I'd be spending my money. Direct response, that's where I'm spending my money. You mentioned the restaurants earlier, that's where we're spending our money. We're not saying we're XYZ Pizza Parlor, come see us. We're saying, hey, we're XYZ, we're, we are trying to stay in business, come support the group, join our tribe, order the, the meal of the week club. And you know, don't be direct. afraid to use, um, when you market, look, people, people will um, join your cause if you will mm -hmm. you, say, you know we need your help um and here's what we're going to do if you're willing to be a part of helping employ all these people you i mean you get people involved in your cause um when you when you said you know uh, should i be cutting marketing i had the same conversation with another person a couple days ago and, and my my thing was look if you cut your marketing now you'll spend your marketing budget on your going out of business sale so <laughs> i like not, that do not cut your market now, marketing budget now, because you will be selling your out of business sale if you do. Right. And, uh, but but the reality is, you you want to bring your clients in because everybody understands what's going on, and and that we, this is where America can pull together better than ever. And if you run a small business, people are going to be willing to say, you know what. I'm not going to eat at the, the major chain down the road. I'm going to go eat at Tom and Sally's and um, I'm going to pick up there once a week right now until we can. Yeah, I know we, you know, we could go to the grocery store, but right now Tom and Sally's needs it more than Winn-Dixie. Right. Right. Well, and then I'm changing the subject, but along the same lines, it's talking about how, what are their opportunities? You and I talked about this originally when this started client communication, your client, your competitors are not talking to their clients. 
whatever line of business in, even if it's just being the good news, right? I, even that, if you just found an interesting article that was good news about COVID-19 and you sent it out to all your clients, that's a good thing. They would appreciate that. You're the bearer of good news, right? Good news and humor right now are, are really good news, humor. a long way. Communication just in general, right? So it always doesn't have to be about making the sale. It could just be, hey, I read this positive. I read this morning. I had two things. So one of the things was the COVID. When you're really sick, you need ventilation, ventilators, whatever they're. And uh, there's this nurse somewhere out west in like Nevada or something. And how to uh, quadruple the capacity because she can do like the hose splitting and now the ventilators works for four people instead of one. Wow, bam, now we've quadrupled the capacity of ventilators, which we have a shortage of, right? Wow. That was I've been reading articles this morning about they already got some malaria drugs that they've been using. So apparently China has done a whole, here's what we tried and here's what's worked. So China has done us a favor in by right now, here's what we all tried and here's what worked. We got kind of a game plan. One of those is like two different malaria drugs, which are generic, which is a good thing, meaning we can copy them and make them. And hey, so, well, you know, it's funny. Um, I've been sent, I mean, one of my companies, we, I import uh, products from China and I've been forwarding you some of the emails yeah. that I've been getting from the factories because it kind of gave us a pulse on what's going on over there. Because what do we want to know? What do people in the U.S. want to know? How long is it, this going to last us? Yes. Well, yes. China, I can tell you right now that one of the best news I've heard is that I and multiple emails in the last two days, yesterday and today, have been centered around, hey, guys, our country's back. We're back on track. People are back at the factories working. The restaurants are back open. The streets are full of cars polluting the air again. They don't say that. <laughs> right. But they said the streets are full of cars. And so that means their products are moving again. If it happened there and they're coming out of it, Yes. They didn't quarantine like we did. So we're going to come out of this a lot quicker. Yeah. we got So anyway, but to wrap this up in the sense of, you know, number one, this too shall pass. It is a shock to the system that it's an infinite period of time or finite. I'm sorry. Finite, finite period. Infinite, infinite would be better. Not infinite. <laughs> finite. One month, three months, four months. I don't know what that number is, but it's a finite period of time. There are three things, ways that you can react right now. You know, the fear or panic, which is watching too much news and freaking yourself out and not getting enough sleep. Number two, you could be unfocused, bury your head in the sand, do nothing, denial. And the third would be opportunity focused, growth focused, strategy focused. And we went through a bunch of examples. Or here's some things that I'd be doing if I was a restaurant owner, if I was in real estate, or if I was um, any other type of business owner that we need to be looking at growing our growing our goodwill, offering services. You mentioned, you know, what'd you say? You spend your money on marketing if or you don't spend going your out of business sale? Yeah, you'll, say, you'll spend it on your going out of business sale for sure. Right. So take advantage of the, look at the opportunities, right? I know it's a tough time, but what are the opportunities? What could you be doing better? What could you be offering? And, and quite frankly, what, what could you be doing to help somebody else? Right. You know, what if could, I, it just came to mind, man. You know, if you if you have a restaurant and um, and you you make a lot of money in your bar and your bar is closed now, um, you could you could offer. Hey, uh, you could literally you could send out um, emails to your if you have an existing list. Say, hey, if you order a dinner for two, I'll include a free bottle of wine. It's not making you any money sitting on the shelf. And if you that's right, it, 
or I'll, I'll include a free six pack of beer or whatever it is. You can right. include that because it's sitting in your restaurant and it's already paid for. And if it's already paid for, you've got to bring people, you got to sell your food, right? Um, what, what was amazing was, and I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but here's a perfect example. When the TPC closed down here, what amazed me, I was like, where, where's all that food that's in Jacksonville going to go? Okay. Who's going to get it? Well, some of the homeless shelters got it, but the stores oh. got it first. And right. then what I saw the next day at the beach was amazing. Here's Bubba Burger flying over with, with a banner behind a plane. They're letting everybody know, go buy Bubba Burgers. That's we got plenty of Bubba Burgers. I was going to sell them over there. Of them in town and you got to, but so, you know, that's a perfect example. Bubba Burger didn't just lay down their Jacksonville company. They didn't just lay down. They said, look, we got a lot of meat to sell because it didn't sell at the TPC. So right. this, these are your choices. When these things happen, you can either get in strategic and growth mode, knowing you got to deal with this anyway, or you can roll over and play dead, and I choose not to roll over and play dead. I like this. So, so turn crisis into opportunities. What can you be doing to help your cause? That's what we would say. And then help your neighbor. You know, I, I mean, that's one thing we didn't talk about is when people need help around you, don't be afraid to help them. Um, as long as you socially distance, I don't know what that means. But <laughs> All right, man, where do we find Dave Mulvaney? Matt, you can find me at davidmulvaney.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn, David Mulvaney, David T. Mulvaney on Twitter. Um, and it's either David Mulvaney or David T. as in Thomas Mulvaney on almost all the social media platforms. And um, you can also view our show at profitabilitymd.com, profitabilitymd on YouTube, on Switcher, YouTube, iTunes, or iPod. Uh, uh, anywhere you get your podcast apple podcast is what it's called apple podcast stitcher radio spotify all all those where can we find you we got me over at matt hudgens over at linkedin and i got my coaching website 10xprofitblueprint.com 10xprofitblueprint.com and so this is good stuff if you're an entrepreneur and matt and i are putting together a small mastermind uh, for entrepreneurs who are confident that you can make it through. When I say mastermind, um, that's, that's literally going to be at a maximum of 10 of us. And we're, the group will be um, entrepreneurs that are going to be through this and grow when we come out of this. And uh, so um, if, that, if that's of interest to you, uh, reach out to Matt and I through LinkedIn or, uh, or even through uh, any of our websites. And uh, we'll be glad to have a conversation about that. That sounds good, Mr. Dave. We'll see you, buddy. All right, Matt. We'll talk soon.